Moses. Here am I. Who shall I say sent me? Tell them I am who I am. I am the way, truth, and life. I am the light of the world. I am the true vine. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the door of the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. I am who I am. What a cool video. Isn't that cool? I just want to brag on the team. They actually made that in-house, so it's super cool. They're so talented and so skilled in so many ways. Well, how are you doing? You doing good? Well, we just want to welcome you to church. We want to welcome you for watching online. We're so excited to be able to open the word with you this morning. Before we get to the I am statement for this morning, I have a confession. My confession is this. For my whole life, I have been obsessed with Star Wars. Where are my Star Wars fans in the house? All right, now look around. These are the nerds, <laughs> a.k.a. my friends. I mean, I've loved Star Wars my whole life. Since a little kid, I've been obsessed with Star Wars. I actually have some pictures of one of my birthday parties. There I am with my little lightsaber. Here's another picture of me and my Jedi friends. <laughs> oh, man. And then I actually have a picture... I am hitting my TIE fighter pinata with my lightsaber in this picture. I mean, I have honestly been too obsessed with Star Wars, even to this day. Yeah, unfortunately for me, the obsession did not stop at the five-year-old birthday party. Um, I remember our first date, we were at my parents' house sitting on the couch, and this man forced me to sit through two and a half hours of what's known as Star Wars, A New Hope. (laughs) Oh, not a good idea, man. Not a good idea. But I've loved Star Wars. One memory I have of Star Wars and from my particular obsession with it was when I was in kindergarten. Uh, in kindergarten was when the first movie of the new prequel trilogy, The Phantom Menace, came out. Do you guys remember this movie? The Phantom Menace. Wow, what a nerd. (laughs) Love it. We're on the same page. So the Phantom Menace comes out, and I was psyching. I was so excited in kindergarten. My whole family, we get, you know, movie premiere tickets. We're going to dress up like Jedi. But I had to go to school that day. And so I'm so excited. I go to kindergarten class, but I'm too excited, and I forget to put my name on my paper. And if you forget to put your name on your paper, my teacher had a policy that you would have to pull a stick. If you pulled three sticks, you'd go to the principal's office and you'd get a phone call home. And so I'm a goody two-shoe, I'm a rule follower, and I am horrified. I'm crying, I get home, and I'm like, Mom, I'm going to hell. I don't know where I'm, what am I doing? I mean, I'm distraught that I had to pull a stick, and it was like all of the excitement of this movie had just been sucked out of me. And nevertheless, though, we ended up going to this movie. We sit down, and for those of you that don't know the Star Wars story, this Star Wars movie in particular, The Phantom Menace, is all about the character Anakin Skywalker. We have a picture of young, precious Anakin Skywalker, 
And what's amazing about this movie is everyone that's in the movie knows they're watching this young boy that would one day become Darth Vader, the infamous villain of the Star Wars universe. And so you're like, how could this happen? How could he become? He's so cute, so precious. How could he become and move to the dark side? And while everyone else is enjoying the movie, all I can see is myself. All I can see (laughs) is myself, the innocent, young, precious. I had just made a mistake. I mean, I am still distraught. I'm freaking out. I get home and I'm like, mom, what do I do? How do I get forgiveness? And she's like, well, Jesus came to give you forgiveness for your sins. And it's a funny story, but there's a truth in it. Isn't it true that each of us has felt darkness in our lives? There's been times, moments, maybe you've walked in today, maybe you're watching online right now, and there is a heavy darkness looming over an area or many areas, or all areas of our life. So this morning, thank goodness, there is a hope, and Jesus is going to lead us out of the darkness. But before we get there, I think first we need to identify what are some areas of darkness in our lives. Well, really, in life, we experience two types of darkness. We experience an internal darkness, the things that seem to be inside of us, But then we also experience this external darkness, these things that are in the environments around us seem to be closing in. And so maybe this morning, some internal darkness for you may be some secret sin that you've been struggling with for many years. Or maybe your internal darkness feels like confusion. Or maybe you've been wrestling with guilt and shame for too long and it just feels like such a dark place in your life. Or maybe even loneliness. Maybe you feel this darkness of loneliness deep inside of you. But we also have these external darknesses. And these external darknesses can be found in culture, in world divisions, in divisions between nations and people groups. Maybe you're experiencing some darkness in your workplace. Or maybe even if we're honest this morning, some of us are experiencing some darkness in our marriages. So I think we all can identify that we all have these internal and external darknesses that we've struggled with in one way or another. Well, thank goodness the Lord is going to lead us out of the darkness today. But before we get to this morning's I am statement, we first have to see where Jesus is coming from. What what caused him to make this I am statement? Because the scenario that Jesus finds himself in just before he makes this statement is actually a scenario that seems to be fully and completely just engulfed in darkness. Mm -hmm. Let's paint the picture of what happened before Jesus makes this morning's I am statement. It was morning. The Bible says dawn to be specific, which actually translates to being the sun had not risen in the sky. So it's physically dark outside. And Jesus goes to the temple courts to teach. And I almost imagine the people come, you know, wiping their eyes, rolling out of bed to come hear him teach in the temple courts. And then all of a sudden, the Pharisees and the scribes enter the scene. They've been up all night and they drag in a woman who was caught in the act of adultery in her darkness. They throw her before Jesus. And they say to Jesus, well, the law says to stone such a woman, what do you say? And Jesus sees 
their darkness, their hypocrisy. He looks at them and he says, you who is without sin, throw the first stone. Many of us have heard this story before. And one by one, they walk away. Jesus is left with this woman who is in darkness, physical darkness, likely still outside. He turns to her and says, where are your accusers? She says, they're gone. And he says, well, then neither do I accuse you either. Go and leave your life of sin. And this is where he turns to the people, much like the room today, and he says this statement. He says, I am the light of the world. It's very possible that at this moment, the physical light begins, the sun begins to rise in the sky, meaning even nature reflects the creator in his words. He is the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus makes this bold statement that's really controversial to make at the time. And he says, I am the light of the world. But what does Jesus actually mean when he says, I am the light of the world? What is he really saying in this passage? Because this can have a lot of different meanings to it. So in order to understand what Jesus is saying when he says, I am the light, let's first go back to the beginning, Genesis chapter one, and see the first mention of light in the scripture. Genesis one, verse one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. You see, the first thing that ever comes out of the mouth of God in the Bible is let there be light. Let there be light. How many of you remember growing up in school, learning about the light spectrum? Do you guys remember this? Seeing the pictures of this, you kind of see all the different colors, all the different wavelengths. You see your gamma rays, your X-rays, all these things. Well, just like we see light on a spectrum, this word light that God uses in the scriptures in Genesis 1, and again that Jesus repeats when he says, I am the light of the world, has a spectrum full of meanings to it. There is so much depth to it that we actually don't have time to unpack all of it this morning, but we're going to unpack some of it. But during the series, we're actually doing a podcast called Uh, Sunday on Monday during the series. So each of the teaching pastors is going to kind of expound on what we talk on on the Sunday morning. But for this morning, we're gonna dive into some of these meanings on this spectrum of light and able to fully understand what God is communicating to the people of the time when he stands up before them and says, I am the light of the world. So let's look at one of those meanings. And that meaning is light of presence. Say that with me. Light Light of presence. presence. With every meaning or definition that we look at this morning, there is also an adverse darkness that is associated with the light. This light needs to illuminate the darkness of isolation. Today, do you feel alone? Isolated? Maybe you've walked in today and you don't feel seen. Maybe it's not just in a context like this. Do you feel all alone in your marriage, in your workplace? 
Have you just moved here from out of town? Do you feel this looming darkness of isolation? Well, like you, there's a character in the Bible that also felt this. His name's Moses. And Moses, long story short, ends up killing an Egyptian. And word got out that he had killed an Egyptian. And so he had to flee the land of Egypt. And he finds himself in a foreign land called Midian, all alone and by himself. He cries out to God and he says the words, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. And how many of us have found ourselves similarly saying words like this, that I feel like a foreigner in my workplace or a foreigner in my marriage or a foreigner in my church or a foreigner in the list keeps going on. I feel alone and isolated. But the good news is that in that place of isolation, God met him. You saw the bumper video of the the fire that came out from the bush. And this is that story Moses is walking through the wilderness and he sees fire come from a bush, but it didn't consume the bush. And in the light of the bush, a voice comes. It's the voice of God. And we see in Exodus 3, verse 12, God said, I will be with you. The light of presence came forth in a time of isolation and says, I will be with you. It's important to note Psalm 89, verse 15 It says, blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. Today, do you feel isolated? Are you watching online and you're feeling all alone? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, which means I am the light of presence. And that darkness of isolation has no place when the light of Jesus comes into your heart, into your life. He begins to illuminate that which makes you feel isolated. He's the light of the world. Amen. The next meaning of this word light is the light of salvation. You see, God knew that there was a darkness of condemnation that was hovering over humanity. And he said, I have a solution. I will illuminate it with my light of salvation. And we see this happen in Exodus chapter 10. This is the story in the Bible where Pharaoh, the ruler of the time, is holding God's people, the Israelites, captive in the land of Egypt. And maybe you remember Moses has this famous phrase that he goes to Pharaoh multiple times and says, let my people go. And every time Pharaoh says no, God sends a plague into the land. Well, the ninth plague that God sends out into the land is this plague of darkness. And it says that it was so dark in the land that nobody could move about from their house. No one could even see each other for three entire days because it was just pitch black darkness outside. And this is, this is a large area. The entire land of Egypt had this. But look at what it says for the people of God, for the Israelites. In verse 23, it says, no one could see anyone else or move about for three days, yet... All the Israelites, all of God's people, had light in the places where they lived. All of the Israelites had, pla- had light in the places where they lived. Maybe this morning you're feeling the darkness of condemnation, but God has a light for his people in the places where you live. I feel like this, especially for you watching at home, if you're feeling condemned in any area of your life, 
God has a promise for his people that the light will stay lit in the places where they live. And how many of you remember the verse John 3, 16? For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Well, the verse that comes right after that, John 3, 17, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. You see, Jesus is the light of salvation. And this morning, he has chosen to save us from the darkness of condemnation. The next light that we're gonna dive into is the light of revelation. Andrew, I think this one's one of my favorite ones. The light of revelation, also known as the revelation light. And it's really, it's that which is exposed to the view of all openly and publicly. And we see Ephesians 5.13 describe it as this. It says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. You see, this word revelation in the Bible, it just simply means the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So the light of revelation is really meant to illuminate, to unveil Jesus Christ. And this is repeated all throughout the scriptures. There's so many stories where Jesus is being illuminated with the light of revelation or the revelation light. But two specific instances, one of them in which is the Mount of Transfiguration. You see, Jesus goes up to the mountaintop while his disciples are watching him. And this man transforms and begins to physically glow the light of revelation to unveil who he is. We see this in Matthew chapter 17, verse two. It says, there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. This is the revelation light. This is the light of revelation. But again, we see this happening in the crucifixion. How many of us know this morning that when Jesus was on the cross, that that man was fully exposed, openly and publicly to the view of all. So that in three days later, when they found an empty tomb and a light shone from inside of it, he would be unveiled to all of humanity that he was the Messiah, that he was Jesus Christ, that he was the son of God. You see, this is the light of revelation. But sometimes we struggle with the darkness of deception. How many of you have either heard somebody say or said maybe the phrase of, oh, they're living in darkness? Or what we're really saying is they're living in deception. They're deceived that the things of this world are greater than the unveiling of Jesus Christ in their lives. But this morning, God wants to illuminate the darkness of deception with his light of revelation. Mm. Jesus is the revelation light. And his spirit, the Holy Spirit, brings the things that we have been deceived into, into the light. It illuminates those things. Mm. Another meaning of light on that spectrum is the light of instruction. Say the word lamp. Lamp. All throughout the Bible, we see this word lamp pop up in many different books. One that maybe you've heard, one verse, is Psalm 119, verses 105 and 106. It says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Not at me if you've maybe heard this verse before. But let's look at verse 106, because oftentimes we read only... 105. Let's look at 106. It says, I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. 
Many times we read verse 105 and we say, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path, which means if I just elevate the word of God in my life, he'll tell me where to go and what to do. And not that that's entirely wrong, but actually it ta- it's, it's talking in context more about his laws and his ways. This verse is less about fortune telling and more about revealing what he wants to say, his instructions and his ways. So as we elevate the word of God, we're actually illuminating his ways and his instructions for our life. It's not about our will, but about his will. Amen. It's about what he wants and how he wants us to live. There's a verse in Proverbs 6:23 that repeats this. It says, for this command is a lamp, this teaching is a light, and correction and instruction are the way to life. The adverse darkness to instruction is the darkness of ignorance. Have you ever heard the phrase, ignorance is bliss? The problem is, it's not. (laughs) I mean, we can live one year of our lives and learn that ignorance is not bliss, it's actually darkness. I remember a time in my life, I was driving through the state of South Carolina, and I was on a two-lane highway, and I was behind the slowest, slowest truck. And I'm trying to get somewhere, and I'm like, oh, I gotta get around them. So I, get, I speed up to get around them, I get in front of this truck. As soon as I get back into the right lane, cop turns his lights on, pulls me over. I'm like, ah. Oh. He pulls me over, and I honestly wasn't sure exactly what I had done wrong, because I was in a clear passing lane. And so I respectfully asked the police officer, officer, Um, Would you mind explaining to me, what what did I do in this circumstance? And he began to explain to me that in the state of South Carolina, you cannot speed up to go around a car. You have to stay at the same speed limit. I was like, oh, okay. But I was still held accountable to the state of South Carolina. There is a kingdom of heaven, and we will be held accountable to things that we know and things we don't know. When we stand before Jesus, when we stand before God, he will not hold us accountable to the only the things that we know and have learned, but also to the things we have not learned. And so this verse of your word is a lamp, this is an instruction light, that as we elevate the word, he's emphasizing the instructions and his ways for our lives. He is the light of instruction. And this is because he modeled the way to do life so that we could too. Yeah, he did. The final meaning that we're going to dive into of this word light this morning is the light of multiplication. Okay, the light of multiplication. But you see, there was this adverse darkness. There's this darkness of division that threatens to stifle the expansion of the kingdom of heaven on earth. So God said, I have a solution. It's the light of multiplication. You see, from the very beginning of time, God has always been in the business of multiplying his light. From the very beginning of time. In Genesis chapter one, verse three, we see that God spoke the light into existence. Well, if you go down just a couple verses later, God takes the light that he's already created and he creates more of it. He multiplies this light that he's already created. We see this in verse 14 of Genesis chapter one. It says, and God said, let there be lights plural, in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night 
and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights, again, plural, in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vaults of the sky to give light on the earth. You see, God has always been in this business of multiplying his light in order that his light would continue to just illuminate amongst the earth. Even a few chapters later, God makes a covenant with Abraham and he says, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky. We see this multiplication all throughout scripture. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to lean forward for the next few moments. I'd like you to step into, this is the moment. I believe the Lord has this to say to you. In Matthew 5, Jesus makes a huge statement. He says, I am the light of the world in John 8. But in Matthew 5, he says this. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Church, this is the only I am statement. This is the only name of God that he attributes to himself and us. What a duty, what a commission from God. We're not the breads of life. We're not the ways, the truths, and the life. We're not the true vines, and we're definitely not the good shepherds. But we are the light. We carry this commission from God Most High. He says, I am the light of the world. But he says, you are the light of the world. There's this prophecy in Isaiah 60 that echoes of what is to come. It says this, look at this verse. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, the internal and external darknesses. But watch this. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. A little later it says, the least of you will become a thousand. The smallest, a mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do it swiftly. We share a story as a church um, in, in 2019. Do you guys remember we had Christmas Eve at the harbor? We had a Christmas Eve service that we celebrate, celebrated together down in the Safety Harbor Waterfront Park. You remember this? Not if you remember. Such a beautiful time, and we were really excited because uh, we had plans to have the whole city out. It was going to be a candlelight service under the stars, by the water. I mean, we are so excited. So we started preparing and prepping and getting everything ready, but there was a problem. The entire day before Christmas Eve, so Christmas Eve Eve, it rained <laughs> and rained and rained, and it didn't stop raining until the morning or late morning of Christmas Eve day. And everything soaked. And I know like, we like to put off that we're calm, cool, and collected, but we're freaking out. 
We got the whole city coming. We got the whole church coming to this service to worship Jesus and his birth. And we don't even know if the candles will light. <laughs> In fact, we know they won't because we get torch blaze lighters and we're trying to get them to light and nothing would work. We tried cups and we were about oh, to be yeah. humiliated. Oh, we, yeah. felt. we tried everything. <laughs> and so sure enough, we said, let's just have faith. Let's continue forward. 5 p.m. And service begins. And do you remember the sky opened? And we saw a sunset. And the service started. And we began to worship. And the rain was gone. It was a beautiful service. The whole city came out. And we get to the portion of the service where we're going to light candles. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be embarrassing. But something amazing happened, and we have a video we want to show you. Whew. We tried to light the candles all day today, and it didn't work. Too much wind, but he's faithful, right? Hmm. God with us, Emmanuel. As we light these candles, I just, I want it to be a symbol that we as a church, as the people of God, will bring the light into the city. And this is so beautiful. And that as we carry the light of God, that his peace and his favor would just rest upon us. And that we would know our neighbors and we wouldn't have to just watch a TV show called Friends to feel like we have community. We could actually be friends. We could actually be community. We could actually be the light of the world. I just feel like there's some of us here today. Yeah, we can clap for that. Amen. But I just feel like there's some of us here today that need to know nothing can stop this light. Nothing can stop his light from illuminating your darkness. You might have walked in here today and felt hopeless. There's no silver lining in my marriage, in my workplace, in my financial situation, whatever it may be. But nothing can stop the light of the world from illuminating your darkness today. The weathers of life cannot stop it. The external nor the internal can stop what God can do. He can illuminate every single area of darkness in your life. Will you receive him today? Will you open up the windows of your heart and say, I let you in, God. I receive this light. The word we got in 2019, that we are the light of the world, the church that's in the city holding our lights, this is the same word for us today. We carry the light of multiplication. Mm -hmm. We as a church this morning, we have been called into this light. We have been called into this great duty and appointed by God himself to be the light of the world. But you see, we only get to be the light of the world because he is the light of the world. 
We only get to be because first he was. You see, because he is the light of the world, you this morning are the light of the world. Because he is the light of presence, you this morning are the light that carries his presence into every environment that you walk into. You see, because he is the light of salvation, you are the light that gets to share the good news that Jesus Christ has come to save us from the darkness of condemnation. You see, because he is the light of revelation, we as the church get to be the light that reveals who Jesus Christ is to the world. Because he is the light of instruction, we are the light that gets to instruct people in the ways of God because we know his word and it has been impressed on our hearts. And you see, because he is the light of multiplication, we as the church, as the people of God in the meeting place, we are the light that multiplies to illuminate the earth. We are the light that multiplies to illuminate the earth and can never be put out. This light cannot be put out. It's not like a candle. This light is eternal and we get to carry that because he is the light of the world. Yes, would you stand with us today? There's a verse that we've been repeating now for quite some time at the church and it's 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out, out. That's the word today, out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And so today for ministry moment time, I'm actually gonna ask you to close your eyes because I believe today there are some of us that have walked in with immense darkness, feeling hopeless this morning. And and maybe it's in the area of loneliness and isolation. Maybe it's in the area of secret sin, addiction, strongholds in your life. And what I'm gonna ask you to do is I just want you to open your hands to receive in this time because I wanna pray for you. God most high, we invite you to come into every area of darkness right now, God. We invite you to illuminate everything that is not of you. Light of the world, you have come into darkness. You bring all that wasn't and you give us a way out, God. If you're struggling with addiction, I just believe God wants to show you there is a way out. You are an overcomer. You can overcome because of his power and his strength this morning. I feel like if they're in a marriage and there's darkness in your marriage and there's hopelessness there, God wants you to know this morning that there is light available for you and your spouse. There is light that is coming in the windows. It's not your strength. It's not striving. It's his power. It's his illumination. He's coming in and he's making all things right this morning. If you're feeling lonely, maybe you're watching online and your hands are out, you've been watching online. Just wanna pray for you specifically, the light of the world is coming into your living room. He's invading your space right now. His presence is with you. Would you let him in? For the next few moments, would you just begin to offer that darkness to him? 
give him the space in your own words, begin to pray to him, invite the light in, and we're gonna sing as you do. this moment I'm just really feeling like there's some people here today that have just lost a loved one they're grieving so if you just put your hands out I want to pray a blessing over you God in every area of darkness in the form of grief God we just invite the light of the world to come in and bring peace you're such a good God And you don't expect us to put on a face or act like everything's okay, but no, God, you you are coming into our grief. You are in there with us, God, holding us through it all. And so we just invite the light of the world, you to come and illuminate areas of darkness. I'm also feeling like if you're struggling with maybe mental depression, anxiety, this is a moment for you too, that the light of the world, if you just extend your hands, if that's you, the light of the world wants to come into your mind this morning. He wants to illuminate every single thought that isn't of him. He wants to completely annihilate the words of the accuser. He wants to come in and he wants to invade things that are not things that are coming out of his mouth. And he is speaking to you right now. You're loved, you're chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You've been called out of darkness into light this morning. Illuminate. You receive that. Lastly, would you just extend your hand to our city, Safety Harbor? We still believe in 2019 that word, that miracle God did is the same word for us today, that we are the light of the world, that we will go into every area of darkness, every city, every family, every workplace. We will carry his presence. So let me just pray. God, we receive and we carry well your light. 
we hold on to your word. You say we are the light of the world. You've set us on a hill, God. We pray that our light would be infectious, that people could not help God, but be illuminated by the light that's within us, your light. We remove the lies of the accusers that say you need to be qualified, you need to have a certain skill to hold this light. That is not what you have said. You have qualified us and you have made us the light of the world. All weathers of life, all things, all rain, all storms do not quench this fire. And so we go, we go out into all the darkness and we bring this light. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. You carry the light. Be blessed.